Welcome to this Data Cert podcast with our resident training expert, Kevin Godet. Kevin is Data Cert's Director of Instruction and Training Development, and today we're going to get his advice on one of the key ways to ensure your department gets maximum value out of its new matter and spend management system, and that's an effective training and knowledge transfer plan. So Kevin, let's start out by having you tell us a little bit about your background, please. Sure, sure. Um, I spent the first 15 years of my career at JPMorgan Chase and American Express, where I focused on customer service, uh, the customer experience, and knowledge transfer for our internal resources, as well as our client base. I also focused on uh, things such as process improvement and process re-engineering in various capacities around our products and our services. After leaving American Express, um, I decided to take my experience to Huron Consulting, Um, And this is where I worked for about five years with corporate legal departments to analyze their business processes and then design and implement uh, effective matter and spend management systems around those processes. As part of, uh, you know, nearly every client engagement, planning for training and knowledge transfer was included, um, all in an effort to ensure adoption of the new system uh, by the users. I joined DataCert in 2010 with with the goal of supporting uh, our vision for building a best-in-class training services program that would enable our clients to maximize their return on their investment, their their ROI, uh, when purchasing the Passport solution. This has included successfully launching training and certification programs for our DataCert clients, uh, for our implementation partners, as well as for our own employees here at DataCert. So Kevin, I'm sure your time at Huron Consulting and now at DataCert has provided some insight into what I might call the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to matter and spend management system implementations. So as you think back over these projects, I want to know how did training specifically impact a project's success or failure? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. Um, the first thing I'd say is that when clients didn't invest in a proper training and you know knowledge transfer uh, program, user adoption was consistently an issue, which immediately impacted the project's ROI uh, and eventually led to an effort to remedy the situation um, post-go-live uh, and to re-engage the users the second and third time, which is really difficult to do. So this is never um, an experience that I would recommend uh, a client go through. Uh, Secondly, when there was a lack of a proper training program or a knowledge transfer program, it also resulted in disparate processes uh, being used across the department. Um, For example, some users would uh, capture information in the system in different ways. Uh, Other users are at different, you know, we capture it at different points throughout the matter lifecycle. And then basically this always um, impacted negatively Uh, the effort to be transparent across the department, as well as to have um, consistency with data and reporting. Um, The result, these clients were effectively missing out on much of the efficiency gains and the visibility into their business performance that should truly be realized with an effective matter and spend management system. Okay, so that was your example of the bad and the ugly. Uh, What about the good? When training was done right, what was the impact to the project? Yeah, done right, and this is something I I really enjoy speaking to. Uh, What I'd first say is that with an effective training program, users are engaged at the right levels and using the system in a consistent fashion just from the get-go. If you can say this after you've deployed your system and your training services program, then everything else falls in line for you as a client. 
Um, taking this a bit further for you, for example, when each person clearly understands how to use the system, uh, when they clearly understand the benefit to them on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, so basically what their role is with the system, how they're expected to engage it, uh, as well as how the information they put into it impacts the metrics for the department and, and what that produces, the result is improved efficiency and transparency across the organization, uh, improved metrics to make decisions from, and an overall increased ROI. So, you know, when you achieve this type of success, a user um, actually sees the benefit that they're getting uh, out of the system on a daily basis, um, and that they understand, you know, that that benefit was communicated early on and that it's come to a, a realization. There's also actually almost a shift in the mindset across the department. So you can create an inherent trust basically in the technology and this makes rolling out any future enhancements or any functionality easier because you've already built that trust with the staff and so new tools and new functionality that you'd roll out um, in secondary efforts uh, will be received and adopted in a much uh, more friendly and efficient manner. So Kevin, help define training done right for us a bit more. If our listeners are planning for a matter and spend management implementation right now, what are some tips for making their training strategy for the project as successful as possible? Sure. I'd say the first thing to think about is that it is all about the roles and the functions in the department. I mean, truly, you know, uh, you should make sure that you're developing a value proposition for every single user, uh, the role that they play, and then a curriculum to complement that role. Um, so, for example, an attorney is going to use the system in a very different way than a paralegal will, as well as in a very different way than a GC or an AGC will use the system. So with a GC or an AGC, they're going to be looking at it differently, using the data differently, and making different decisions overall for the department. Um, so with that in mind, it's truly something to remember that one size does not fit all. It's a true statement, especially in this arena. So again, with this in mind, think about the key roles in your department. Identify how the new system will make each person's day-to-day -day more efficient. Um, then work with your vendor to develop a role-based training program that emphasizes the value that each user group will get. So with that in mind, you would say um, you keep in mind what is the system functionality uh, they should expect to know um, and how do they realize the value that comes to them with that functionality. You'll always get more bang for your buck um, with training with a role-based training strategy overall. So is there anything else that you would add to your definition of training done right? Yeah, I, I think there are two other pieces I'd like to talk about. I'd say you need to be thinking about long-term knowledge transfer sustainability, uh, and then you also need to make sure you have a means of measuring success. Um, so I'll start with long-term you know, tra knowledge transfer sustainability. So in this, I'd say think about your curriculum and the documentation that you'll develop and make sure that it can be maintained over time uh, and that it's repeatable in terms of knowledge transfer uh, as a solution. It's like the old saying, the only thing constant is change. So keep in mind that you will make changes to your system over time after it's deployed. Uh, your department's staff will change over time. So consider these facts you know, as you know from the very beginning and work with your vendor to develop uh, a curriculum and documentation that can be easily maintained to reflect system enhancements and that can be easily leveraged when someone new joins the team or when there's transition within your department. So, you know, some things to, to consider. Uh, Self-serve computer-based training programs or training modules 
are, are a really good example. Uh, another is approaching your documentation in a modular format so that it can be easily updated, uh, easily carved out by practice area, uh, and easily um, trained out uh, to the right groups at the right times with the right processes. And you know, last, I'd say make sure you have a means to measure your success. So, you know, what I mean to say by that is make sure you can measure the success of your training and knowledge transfer program overall and make sure that you have a game plan that addresses the resulting gaps. So, you know, think about it this way, no matter how well you plan, there will be knowledge gaps and you will need to quickly respond to those gaps. So the effort is to not to lose the focus, uh, make sure that you remedy those gaps early on and that you don't have users uh, lose focus in terms of their adoption of the system. Um, the lesson is it's hard to fix something if you don't know it's broken. So define your measure early and your plan to remedy that the gaps uh, before you even launch the program. The biggest measure will always be system adoption as the biggest barometer of your training success. So start thinking now about the metrics to measure this and a vendor with a professional training organization that should have some ideas for you and how to approach it. So Kevin, you mentioned the importance of role-based training earlier, so I want to follow up on that. Are there any critical roles that are often forgotten when planning a training strategy that you want to encourage our listeners today to be sure to incorporate into their training plan? There are. There, there, there are some common ones. Um, what I'd say is, you know, clients always think about the usual suspects. So, you know, the everyday users in the department, paralegals, attorneys, the admin staff, uh, those types of roles, as well as in administrators who will manage the system on a day-to-day -day basis. One thing about these roles I'd point out is that, uh, you know, typically there is an issue in terms of the administrator role. Um, I would encourage those listening to really think through this function, mainly because it typically needs to be shared between the legal department and the IT department. So quite often, clients assume I'll just assign a few of my paralegals to be admins without deep diving into the skill set required to perform that role. So it's important to clearly know how you will manage and support the system day to day and define the level of support required internally within the department versus what you'd say shift over to an IT resource uh, to assist with. So, you know, one of the things a good training organization can do is to help you look at your team's skill set and figure out what administration duties um, truly fall within legal uh, versus, you know, what needs to be carved out for an IT group to manage and then train those resources accordingly in, in a custom type program. Good points about the administration roles. Now, what about the forgotten roles? The first would be report author training. Um, what I mean by this is, you know, specific training for any internal resources who will build reports to support the business. So one of the key, if not, you know, the very key benefit of a, of a matter and spend management system is having access to the metrics that give you better visibility into your risk and spend and help guide your business decisions. So, you know, this is such a critical component. Uh, of the system, so I always encourage clients to invest in skilled reporting resources and report author training, and to designate a, a, you know an author who really understands or can effectively translate the needs of the business specific to legal. Um, the second type I'd say uh, is designer training, or what we call de designer training, and you won't find this common across all matter and spend management vendors um, because data certs passport solution is platform based. 
Uh, it provides more extensive client-side configuration capabilities than other solutions on the market, and it even offers you know tools that allow clients to design their own custom modules in-house. So you know this is to complement the system's core matter and, and spin capabilities. So you know you know designer training basically equips members of your team to use Passport's toolkits so that you can enhance and grow your system as your department needs change. So it's a do-it-yourself kind of in-house capability, so it's quicker and more cost-effective for you overall. So I asked specifically about forgotten roles when planning for role-based training, but is there anything else that you want to highlight that our listeners could easily forget to ask or might not know to ask relative to training in general? Sure, I'd I'd mention a few things. Um, You know, first, when vetting a potential matter and spend management vendor, Don't just ask, how will you train my employees? Also ask them, how do you train your employees, especially the ones who will be working on my implementation? Um, You know, just as a side note, my my time at Huron gave me a good deal of insight into a number of professional services organizations in this space. In many cases, a formal training program didn't seem to exist at all. At DataCert, you know, for example, my team not only provides training services for DataCert clients, We also provide formal functional and technical training and certification uh, for our internal staff and for our new hires. So, you know, we train on the Passport product and about the legal industry. We train about system design and best practices around design. Each employee must pass a number of formal and extensive training and certification programs and exams. Uh, And this process overall assures that the resources staffed on your project are prepared and have detailed knowledge of the design potential in Passport. Um, Our staff basically are uh, well equipped to provide effective consultative guidance throughout your implementation project. So I know another way to really impact user adoption of the system and therefore maximize the system's value is a well-thought-out and well-executed internal awareness and communications plan. I know this is another area where your team, Kevin, often consults with clients, so before we wrap up, can you share a few best practices tips in this area? Absolutely. Um, There are a couple I'd start with. The first uh, tip is to communicate early and, and often. Uh, The second would be to develop a plan that gets all of the users engaged at some point and in some way uh, as the software is being developed. So let's start with just communicating early and often. Um, I'd recommend sharing, you know, key dates at least three months in advance so that, you know, the users, the people that will engage the system know what's coming and can plan accordingly. Uh, I'd also recommend bi-weekly awareness updates about the coming functionality, you know, uh, and the value that they can expect as the user base that will access the system. Um, with developing a plan that gets users engaged, um, I'd say, you know, just as training is best delivered in role-based format, your internal communications are as well. So, you know, plan for role-based communications. It, it really does work. Uh, carrying what I stated, uh, you know, a moment ago, Communicate the specific value of the solution for each role. So what will the attorney get out of the system? What value is it bringing to them? The same for paralegals. It'll be different. So communicate exactly what value they will get and how they're expected to engage the system. And then answer the questions, how will it make my day-to-day better? And how will it help me make better decisions? You know, another point, 
address process changes resulting from the implementation of the new system and the impact to each group, uh, the reason for the change, and the efficiencies it will drive. It's really important for people to understand all of those components. Communicate training events designed for each user group, another key aspect. So simply knowing that the legal department has invested in proper training for system usage helps with gaining user buy-in, uh, especially if it's tied to measuring the performance of the department and as well, you know, even to their own individual performance. Uh, it's really key to tie back that engagement to performance. And finally, it's also good for each group to understand the overall value of the project to the company and how the system will enable key decision-making by the leaders within the department. So communicate this, you know, communicate it as a top-down effort and, and be clear of the objectives by, by the top. Uh, you want the leaders overall in your department promoting the value of the, of the matter and spin solution and holding people accountable for its usage. Um, so if possible, your initial internal communications about the project and other key communications along the way should come from the GC or another appropriate leader in the department overall. Well, thank you for sharing some of your expertise with us today, Kevin. My pleasure. Anytime. If you found this podcast to be informative, please check out Kevin's webinar for more detailed insight into planning an effective training and internal communication strategy to support a really successful matter and spend management solution rollout. You can also visit our website for more podcasts from data cert experts in business intelligence, information security, usability, and legal matter and spend management implementation best practices.